0: Dr. Albert Chi will deliver the 2018 Calvin and Mayo Tanabe Address on Tuesday, October 23rd. Putting on an event like this is no small task, neither is preparing to speak in front of hundreds. It's Tuesday, October 2nd, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Patrick Holmes. Kelsey Hewalt sat down with Dr. Albert Chi, associate professor of surgery, as well as Tim Coffey from the OHSU Foundation, who helps organize the event.
1: Well, thank you both for joining us today. So, Tim, could you give us a bit of background on the Tanabe Lecture?
2: Sure. the uh, The Calvin and Mayo Tanabe Address is a permanent uh, endowed lecture that's uh, through the OHSU Foundation, and we're in our fourth year. We've had some uh, really exciting speakers the last couple of years, including Columbia Sportswear CEO Tim Boyle. Um, The year before that, we had Jennifer Doudna, PhD, as our speaker. She's a co-inventor of CRISPR, and uh, I think that year she was voted one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential uh, People. So we're really excited this year to have uh, Albert Chi uh, follow in those uh, wonderful footsteps.
1: So what are the goals for the address?
2: The overall goal for the address is uh, when Cal Tanabe and Meho Tanabe, who are both OHSU graduates, um, decided to create a permanent endowed address. Their goal was to Um, create an annual address that would, as they put it, open minds through contemporary discourse. They wanted to create a venue for intellectual thinking, intellectual discussion. Uh, They wanted this to be out to the broader audience uh, beyond OHSU, and that's why we we have it downtown in Portland. They wanted it open to anyone who could take an interest in virtually uh, any subject matter, the speakers, are given freedom to choose their subject matter, so it's not um, it's not as if we uh, go to them and say, please speak on this. Uh, it, it's really um, kind of an open idea forum for the speaker.
1: How do you select the speakers for the address?
2: Well, the speaker is selected by, we, we have an internal committee, And that committee reviews a a long list of names. We also search for names uh, through um, a few agencies that contract for uh, top-level speakers.
1: So what goes on on your end with, like, how many people are involved? How do you do everything that goes into this event? What does that look like for the listeners that maybe don't understand what it takes to put on an address?
2: Well, at OHSU Foundation, we have a really top-notch events team, we probably have, I would say, uh, when the event is happening, at least a dozen uh, people that are connected with our events team, um, that team, and it also works with our communications group, and they do quite a bit of planning uh, really throughout the year. Uh, It goes from bringing a committee together to select a speaker, to all the the logistics and the planning around having a, a major public speaking event.
1: All right, Dr. G, can you tell us a bit more about your background?
3: I often tell people I have the greatest job on the planet. I was an engineer before med school and from there became a trauma surgeon. And currently with my clinical research, I combine both those passions of engineering and surgery. And I'm currently currently the medical director of the Targeted Muscle Renovation Program here at OHSU, which is an advanced surgical procedure that allows people to control advanced prosthetics simply by thinking about it.
1: That's pretty amazing. <laughs> so you're the speaker for the Tanabe Address. Um, you also spoke at TEDx this past April. How did you get into public speaking, and what made you want to do that? <laughs> I,
3: well, public speaking was really kind of forced upon me. Uh, my passion really is surgery and engineering. And to speak in public wasn't natural for me at all. And it, um, and in many ways, in order to kind of get the message out there, it's really been a skill that I've had to really work hard on. And I've been really fortunate to have all these opportunities like TEDx, as well as Tanabe, and putting on all these organizations there is so much support behind the scenes. And um, I've learned and been given so many tips, and it's really been this evolution of public speaking and kind of fine-tuning things that have kind of brought us here today. What are some of those tips? Well, believe it or not, there's so much involved, and it's not just the content itself, but eye contact, the way you enunciate your body language, all these things. TEDx was wonderful as far as pointing out different ways to really connect with the audience. I was so used to kind of traditional academic lectures before this, where you just had slides, and you stand and stood behind a podium, and it was a very kind of almost sterile environment. And TEDx really brought out this whole next kind of interactive and drawing the audience in, and it really took my talk and my future talks to the next level. That's
1: really cool. So what do you love and what do you hate about public speaking?
3: (laughs) You know, every time before a talk, you, you always get very nervous, and you always wonder how you're going to do. But what I really do love is the topic I'm talking about. Usually, once I start going and you know sharing the story sharing the research and really educating the crowd of this incredible surgical procedure as well as advanced technologies that are out there that, that kind of nervousness just melts away
1: so what are you, how do you prepare for the Tanabi address what are you doing right now to get ready
3: with all the past experiences we've had and this opportunity and honor of being a part of this Tanabi address i personally really want to make this something so unique and elevated beyond anything we've done. And currently with um, everything I felt like I learned from TEDx, this is even elevated from that. We're working on having demonstrations that we've never had before. The, one of the highlights of the lecture, we're going to have not only a real modular prosthetic limb, that advanced limb that I work with, we're gonna have a live demonstration of that with one of my patients. But not only that, we're actually gonna have a teleoperation, a mounted arm, from the shoulder level all the way down to the hand, and have one of the engineers in the background have positional sensors at the shoulder as well as elbow and wear the cyber glove and really demonstrate in real life, in real time, the multi dexterous capabilities of the limb. And not only that, the audience members afterwards can actually come up, feel it, touch it, and experience the the limb themselves.
1: So do you practice that? Do you and the patient meet ahead of time and work through how you're gonna do that?
3: There is a lot of prep, and as much as you want to have it natural, and we do kind of give a little leeway to have it a little more natural and not so rehearsed, there is a very set agenda of what we want to convey, but at the same time making it natural and appears as if we're just having a conversation.
1: Why do you like talking about your work in these sorts of public venues? What's exciting about that? So funny
3: as long as I've been a part of this research, there is just something so personal about it. And especially when you see the audience members reacting and seeing a video or even meeting Johnny, my patient for the first time, or hearing about the surgical procedure, even though we've been at it for almost six years now, it's still not public knowledge. And seeing kind of that moment of realizing the potential that is out there, that these surgeries and technologies can affect other people. I feel as though that we're all kind of there experiencing it for the first time. It's, it's incredibly moving. And again, with public speaking and the nervousness and all these things, once you kind of feel that energy in, with the crowd and the audience, it, it really just kind of uh, melts away.
1: Yeah. So what are the challenges of talking about something so complicated um, to a room full of non-scientists?
3: That really is just it. Just being able to communicate it in a way that everyone can understand. And in many ways, it's a challenge of medicine, right? That there's sometimes things, physiology and the medical conditions of people's critical illness and things, it's really difficult uh, to convey it so that it should make sense to everybody. and. Um, I got a lot of coaching with that, and it, it wasn't completely natural at first. I remember the first time I was interviewed, trying to explain targeted muscle re and 60 Minutes was actually following us, and I, I think we took like 20 takes. Like, Dr. Chi, can you please try that one more time, but make it Makes sense to me so that the common man can understand it. And it took a while to finally get there. I was very surgical about it, describing the anatomy and the different techniques and innervation and the nerves and things. And now we've got it down to where I feel as though it does kind of make sense. It takes a little time. It takes a little background and explanation. But hopefully after the lecture, everybody will have a full comprehension of it.
1: What advice would you give to anyone else that's trying to explain something that complicated to try to make it so it's understandable?
3: You know, get advice. Because as a physician and as a surgeon, sometimes my perspective is very different than everyone else's. And I always uh, try to give the talk to not only family members, but other colleagues and other lay people. Tim has been wonderful, too, as far as giving feedback and being, having an open mind and listening to that and despite whatever preconceptions or message you have, that it could always be better, and other people's opinions and things can absolutely make it um, explained in a better way.
1: How are events like this a good way to share breakthroughs in science with the general public?
3: Oh my gosh, this is such an honor to be a part of this event, and especially to have the support of the foundation and OHSU as a hospital and university. These events are the key to getting the knowledge and word out there. Again, I feel so supported by OHSU and our Department of Surgery, the Division of Trauma, that I am just so appreciative to be a part of this. And um, if it weren't for events like the Tanabe Ten- Address, many times all this great work and research, people would be, people, it'd be unknown, people wouldn't know.
1: Do you have any personal goals with speaking at the Tanabe Address or any of the other events that you really hope that you're achieving something?
3: I guess the ultimate goal really is to catch the eye of a champion. I feel like I I have a patient champion, Johnny. He has volunteered for so many and even at the time almost experimental surgeries and procedures and technologies which now have been proven to be standard of care that I need a similar kind of champion for the research aspect. You know, the big dream is to make OHSU a center of excellence for neurotechnology and in many ways I'm I'm doing my academic part with grants and applying and writing papers and looking for funding but I think the real solution could be through philanthropic donation or through the foundation and I'm really hoping to catch the eye of that that person.
1: Tim what has the foundation done to help support that um, with Dr. Chi and just getting people prepared how do you do that?
2: the best way for us to do that is simply uh, getting Dr. Chi in front of uh, people uh, where he can share his inspiration, um, explain uh, what he's doing and um, what is going on inside his mind when he's coming up with these new ideas. And And the great thing about what Dr. Chi is doing is it's very, um, it's complex, but it's very visible. You know, when you meet someone that has a thought controlled bionic arm it pretty much uh, blows the doors off of uh, a lot of other things that you've ever seen in your life and I think that's um, that's really the key just uh, uh, putting Dr. Chi in front of the right people and good things will happen.
1: So what has been keeping you up at night Tim about the event?
2: Um, I don't think there's really anything that's been keeping me up other <laughs> than good. other than uh, you know every time I uh, I see Albert give a presentation uh, or Dr. G give a presentation, um, it's just so exciting. I mean, it's really just more uh, being excited about um, what this is going to look like and um, what people will be thinking or how they'll be dazzled um, at the end of the evening.
1: So, when will you start working on next year's event?
2: Well, that is already underway, so um, it's it's just a fluid process.
1: Fair enough. Anything keeping you up, Dr. Chi?
3: Just being very, very excited for the event itself. Really hoping, again, to elevate this talk to being something unique and spectacular that we've never done before. And thinking outside of the box as far as bringing the demonstration and the full modular prosthetic limb out. And initially when I had, Broached the idea with the Applied Physics Lab and at Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. I didn't. We weren't sure if physically it'd even be possible to ship this arm and have the approval. And really, it's the world's most advanced prosthetic limb system to get it out here. And when they heard the idea, everybody was just as excited as I was. And really, I mean, keep what's keeping me up is just, I'm just super excited for the event to occur.
1: That's exciting. So, how can people attend if they'd like to see this year's address?
2: Tickets are available if you go to. Uh, www.onwardohsu.org uh, forward slash Tanabe, T-A-N-A-B-E. You can buy tickets online or you can go uh, to the O2 calendar and uh, find a link there.
1: Well, thank you both for joining us.
2: Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you.
0: OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced by Kelsey Huwell and edited by Josh Anderson. I'm Patrick Holmes. See you next week.